Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Instagram and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Oh, yo, welcome to WNS9 Plus. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Tyler, we got Jim, we got special guests, we got the fort, Mike McHenry. What's up, everyone? What's happening? Good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me again. I've missed you. No, we you haven't. You. Don't lie. We missed you. <laughs> I was just hoping that he would remember who I was whenever I texted him to come back on. 
come on, we, we've had some good text conversations and I have missed you guys. Like I'm a sensitive person. I was just being serious. All right. Don't hurt my feelings. All right. I'm sorry. We, we missed you too. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> we miss you during games in the tight suit. Looking yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I tore some of those up this year doing some, uh, some of those demos. <laughs> it's tough, man. No, we're just going to do a little catching demo today in a suit. It's like, all right, well, Lulu, here we come, because I can't wear suit pants anymore. <laughs> they don't hold up well. Let's just say that. I hope they had a sewing machine on set. Uh, hey, I, I, I play as is. You know, if it goes, we're, we're going to just play through. There we go. Yeah. True. We need some of that this year. <laughs> <laughs> I need one incident that happened this year. At least one. Not, not, not anymore. I got, I, I got the, I got the, I got the right pants for it, and they can't surprise me because I keep a couple pairs there. So um, nice. Used to they panic. We, we need, we need to demo. We need to demo. We need to fill a spot. And I'm like, okay, but this could end really, really bad. And so it's I try to be as, as careful as I could. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't want the. Uh, you want to malfunction. You, you, you don't want to become like the newest GIF in Pirates Twitter, right? <laughs> I mean, it could be for worse things, right? Like it, it is what it is. Like I'm, I'm trying to do something right the best I can, and 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 show out for the fans and teach them something. But you know, if it if it goes the wrong way, it is what it is. I'll laugh about. We don't need you to show out in that way. Yeah, that's probably true. Probably true. Good point. Well, if we could just you know suit up like they do on uh, was it TNT? You know, they're wearing the joggers with the with the jacket. They look all sporty and whatnot. I look like SpongeBob sometimes. I just wanted to. You know, be, a, be an athlete again at times. So maybe we can get that going this year. We need like how Shaq and Chuck, like, you know, got back and yeah. forth, like wrestle on there. We need you like to show up yes. in the booth and just start fighting, like block. <laughs> you guys like start wrestling. <laughs> why, blo why block? Why block? I don't know. Why, block? I mean, why, why not pick Wayner? Like, I mean, or, 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 or walkie. Yeah. I think Wayner could probably pack a punch. He's, he's got that, like, he's got the big meat hook hands. So I bet Wayner could, could wrestle. Yeah, I bet he could wrestle. We should do a tag team. Yeah. Waiter looks like the dude that just wants to wrestle for fun. You never know. He he may. He's he's pretty, you know, secretive. A lot of guys are getting into jujitsu. Something I want to do in the future. So it's good stuff. Nice. Cool. <laughs> Fort, well, Fort did mention uh wanting to be an athlete again, but pretty soon we're gonna be making jokes about catchers not being athletes when RoboWops pumps come in. They're just gonna be back there catching balls and that's it we're not even five minutes in <laughs> non-athlete verbal lumps already they're gonna be the kickers of baseball <laughs> all right all right ugh, ugh. we'll get to that we'll get to that we won't start out that way <laughs> right <laughs> good good vibes only for the start of the yeah. show yeah 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 so speaking of good vibes only so there's no baseball <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah uh no i figured you know we all talked and it would be good having you on this week too like obviously being a former player involved in the game and such you know maybe getting your take your input on this um i know they had the meeting today it didn't go too well again i don't know when baseball's gonna be back uh maybe maybe give us your takes your insight on what's happening right now and and your thoughts well i think you got to look all the way back to covid and kind of how they butted heads and couldn't really come together with a lot of different things. It really was based around money. It wasn't as much health protocols. You know, when you have the best doctors in the world and the best people around you and you have really good numbers to be able to kind of support 
how everything flows and whatnot. It was all about the dollar bill and making sure, hey, we got paid for this amount of games and whatnot. So that kind of gave you a little bit of a foreshadow to what this was going to be like, except this one, you saw it coming for years prior to even COVID. And, you know, we have a lot of budding heads. They're not seeing eye to eye. They want to make some big changes, some little changes. And the reality of it is it still always goes back down to MLB wants to leverage every possible thing they can of the players and make as much money and just squeeze as do the players want to do the same thing from their point of view on the field with revenue sharing, with betting. There's even the, the cryptocurrency and NFTs and all that stuff that's coming into the market now that they have to talk about. And you're thinking about how the game's going to a streaming a little bit more, and it's going to be picking up more and more. You can look what NBA and NFL is doing. So we have a lot of different things happening within the MLB, just media side. So there's a lot of moving pieces. You know, they, they show one thing out front, like, oh, this is the problem. This is this. It's really a lot of things in the back that they're really not agreeing with. And I think they have to come together. I think they've got to try to get on the field as soon as possible. If not, I, I see a lot of bad coming, especially when it comes to the press. Press is going to just, just destroy both sides because I, I don't think they're in good graces from over the last two years. So I pray they get it together, and I promise you no matter what, there will be baseball because young guys don't understand what the union is. There's been no meetings over the last two years. They haven't been meeting unless it's been virtual. Conversations have really, really split apart. There's a handful of guys really kind of leading the horse with this in the MLBPA. So it's a lot different than it's ever been. So it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of guys that are on rosters show up spring training and get going because the union's not in their heart and their blood and in their soul. Like it was for a lot of guys when I came up. That's, That's an really interesting point. point that you bring up. Cause, cause yeah, I mean, the union probably hasn't gotten everybody together. They haven't really gotten everyone's viewpoints. They haven't aligned their thoughts. You know, they're, they're not really all on the same page, maybe even, um, and all I that think even does, to, even to add on to that, yeah, we, we have all this increase in uh, anger from minor league players about their conditions, and then they're going into this union. And you know, what have they ever done for me? Nothing. I know it's not for me, but they've never done anything for me. Yeah, take it even further. I mean, you you think about, you know, over the last two years, they've dissolved what 20 25 teams the draft went from 40 it used to be 60 then it was 40 went down to five and now it's to 20 now major league baseball has a college summer league where guys go and they, they have like a chance to have a collegiate you know i guess without a better way to put it just like a showcase and then they've gotten into independent ball they're buying up actual minor league teams so they're kind of monopolizing the bottom and these guys, all they know is survive, move, survive, move. And they want to stay in the game. It's their dream. They're chasing their dream. They're going to do everything they can. And then MLB has complete control from AAA down. You know, it, there's really no protection for even a guy like me. If I went and played, even though I had parts of seven years, when I'm on the off the roster, yes, I can call. Yes, they, they would answer and talk to me. But I'm not on the actual, like, 40-man. I'm not on the active roster. So a lot of those – you know, little nuances aren't available to me. And it's, it's like, that's forgotten sometimes. So there's a huge middle class of, of major league players. And there's a huge 
array of great players at, at the highest level prospect wise that want to play. And there's also some guys that have been journeymen that are going to run as fast as they can to that big league stadium. If they get that opportunity and the reality of it is none of them understand all the sacrifice, everything that happened to create the union going back to 94 and, you know, the pensions, I, I, I'm fortunate I have to pay for it, but I'm allowed to have the major league insurance. It's very good. It's very expensive, but I get to keep it as long as I pay for it the rest of my life because of how much service time. So I just hope all those moving things don't happen because, you know, that could change people's livelihoods. That could change, you know, the thought you think about, I, I never think about social security or, or my pension. I, I've always been, you know, live for the now. A lot of guys live to try to get that. So if that, if that, you know, dissipates that's that's a big problem for some guys especially if they haven't taken care of their money so there's a lot of things going on and i think it's just completely different than it's ever been because the game is completely different and the world over the last two years has just been an absolute circus so do you think that the mobpa is in one of the worst spots they've ever been in at least strength wise uh i don't know about that it, it, it really depends on what what you what what you think is important you know for 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 the younger guys and whatnot like you see them give a lot more with the draft and and kind of how that system's gone and they haven't given up as much at the free agent level or you know one thing i wish they would do is play 142 and then play 20 games it's an expedition or exhibition and if guys that are you know elite players want to have those days off great pull it back you bring up top prospects and they play and the fans get to pick different things, like just have some fun with it. Like, hey, you're going to manage today because you won this raffle. Good luck. Put the team together. We're going to help you so you know, nobody gets hurt. But you can start bringing that fan interaction again because that's all that should matter for the MLB and MLBPA is about the fans. They need to try to get as close with the fans as humanly possible because, you know, not being in the stadiums, not having access to the players with media or anything else is really taking the fans away. And we're not like basketball or football where we have a Tom Brady. We have one of the greatest players that's ever walked the planet playing the game. And if he walks somewhere, almost anywhere in the United States, nobody knows who he is. That's Mike Trout. I mean, think about that. That's, that's a wild thought, but it's so true. And that's the difference between how they've marketed and branded our players comparative to how the NBA and NFL have done. So they've got to put all these pieces together, but all that really matters is, is the fans. You guys, me, whoever's a fan of the game, they need to respect that and try to you know, honor their wishes and, and just think about them because money's going to flow. And I think too often we, we worry way too much about you know, cents on the dollar, even though it's a really big dollar, they just need to focus on the fans. So, so let's, are we... Let's go. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, not me facetious, but like, so are are we like a step closer? Maybe like you're talking about this 20 game expansion uh, or expedition. And I've known, like, we've talked about it on the show and like just on Twitter, like having a game where like all the moves are made by Twitter votes. Like, are you you coming like a step closer to that? Like, we're going to have a Twitter ran. I'm all uh, in. Like game. Yeah. Like, why not? Like, cause they're, they've changed a lot of things. So they, they have a 26 man. They're talking about going 27, 28. They've taken away the 40 man call up in September. So like that gives opportunity to see, you know, if, for example, think about the double a team with the pirates. They're going to be outstanding this year. A lot of talent. So, Hey, Nick Gonzalez, come up for a day. You're going to get paid through the bonus. So you get, depending on the, sh- like the show, like 
how, how many people watch this? What's the revenue? That's how you're going to get paid. It's not a day of service. It's nothing. You just get a chance to go to the big leagues and have a blast because on that given day, the second baseman, whoever it is, this coming up year, wanted the day off. He still gets whatever, but they get to play the game. They get revenue. And that's what the owners want. That's what the players want. It's a very nice thing. I think it's a, it's an easy way to kind of come to terms with something that would be really neat. And it would allow you to expand the playoffs. <laughs> I know you that's guys an, wanted to talk yeah, about that. That's, so. that's <laughs> interesting. That's interesting. TGF. So, and I, I actually want to go back to what you were talking about before. It's like, how do you get fans, you know, more, more involved. And, and I think if you're looking at other sports, mostly, you know, the NFL, I think we can agree that a lot of the fan interaction is really based around gambling. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a huge part of the NFL and mm-hmm. why they've become such a, just a juggernaut um, mm-hmm. and, and entertainment is, is the gambling piece. So I think we've seen baseball kind of obviously embrace that more and more over the, over the last few years. Um, but is that something that, they can do even more of should they do more of you know can should you be able to like live bet from your phone while you're sitting in the stands should that should that be like an encouraged thing in the ballpark and and going back to the labor agreement right we're, we're talking about this you know then how do you how do you divvy up that money right because you know major league baseball is going to get some money players should get some money like all of this is kind of a whole thing with this but but what are your thoughts just on just the increase in, in gambling around baseball I'm just picturing like MLB presented by FanDuel. Pete Rose is still banned. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but you know, I, I'll stick. I'll stick to the other side and say it's part of it. It's here. You, you got to run with it. I mean, you think about the business side of this. Is you want to try to create revenue, but revenue is only going to happen by you know, create, creating entertainment and however you need to do that, whatever you need to do, you got to figure that out. Kind of look at what's going on in other sports in other industries. I don't think that overlap happens enough, especially in baseball. So look at it and run with it. And yeah, I think they need to have, you know, stuff on the scoreboard. They need to do a lot of different things because it, it's, it's here and it is going to be a revenue sharing. And one thing that I read an article a while back, or I talked to somebody, I can't remember. They talked about utilizing the actual analytics to, you know, kind of disperse a little bit. And this isn't going to be something that's, I guess, well-regarded when it comes to players that aren't at the elite status. But, you know, I was I was good one year. I was okay one year. I was terrible a year. Like Bryce Harper and those guys, they're elite. So if they're on a, on a salary, right, Bryce Harper was worth like $50 million last year by his numbers. So there's no reason why his revenue isn't higher than mine, period. And, and, and I'm fine with that. But at the end of the day, if it was a perfect world, Bryce Harper would say, mm, that can go to the minor leaguers. Thank you. Like, in, but it's not a perfect world. It is what it is. And it is a business and they don't look at it like that. So, you know, you just got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, I think all this stuff should be playing. I think they're going to try to push stuff overseas a little bit more. I think you're going to see more interesting things like the Field of Dreams game, how they played, you know, on, on, on a, uh, on a ship there, there's no telling and there is going to be expansion there's no doubt about it in my mind yeah I, I agree with you on the expansion i agree with you on just like unique 
things like the field of dreams game like i thought was just an absolute home run like major league mm-hmm. baseball couldn't have done that any better than they did agree right agree. Uh, and, and and i don't know if you like continue to do the same thing every year but maybe do something similar to where you're, you're having like one special game like that uh every year kind of kind of like how hockey does their outdoor game right like that's yeah. that's an event like that's a spectacle um so that was really cool to see baseball do um and, and it couldn't have gone better. It was a great game also. So it was just, it was, it was great entertainment, great TV. And just like the whole nostalgia piece. I mean, baseball is just a nostalgic game in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of tying that all in, that was, that was a good thing that they did. Yeah. And I hope um, they bring back the history a little bit more. I mean, I, I think in yeah. Pittsburgh, you think about the rich history of, of just the sports franchises and Pittsburgh pirates. You know, when I came to Pittsburgh, I had no idea. And over time, especially working with Rob King, who is an history buff and especially a baseball just nut, he's really like kind of opened my eyes to like the rich traditions and 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 kind of, you know, you date all the way back to the the Negro League and, and how many, you know, great players came through that area. They should do a better job of really highlighting those things. And if they did, I think fans would, you know, kind of embrace that. Maybe not all the young fans, but they don't know that stuff unless they start really talking about it and really you know, saying, Hey, this is what it was like. These are the uniforms, what it, you know, was like back in the day and people come in dapper suits and, you know, their cane and their hat and whatnot. And it's, it's fun. Like, Mm. I think they, they, they need to do that because, you know, history is kind of getting, you know, tossed to the side, especially when it comes to, you know, sports and whatnot and how it came about because everybody wants the new, they want the now and they want it immediately where I think there's a play there. And I hope they, figure out every play they can. And like I said, it doesn't matter what I think. It only matters what the fans think and if they enjoy it. And hopefully that's mm-hmm. uh, something they, they nail. You know, it's interesting you talk about the history. You know, we're, we're talking today about, <clears throat> we're talking today about you know, MLB and everything. But maybe tr- transition here a little bit. We'll get back to all the MLB disputes, right? Transition to the Pirates. Jimmy T uh, was announced today. Jimmy T's moving on. He's going to become like the Pirates historian. Uh, I guess maybe just what's your insight on that? You're talking about the history. The Pirates going to do something a little special in regards to that? I haven't talked to Jimmy T, but and I love him, but Jimmy T loved his job. So it, I know they're keeping him in the organization, but if, if he had his choice, I'm sure he wishes he was still doing what he's doing. But you, you kind of see all of the moves being made. They're building kind of Shelton's squad, right? And that's that's even, you know, trainers that's going to be travel that's going to be media guys all this stuff's going to kind of mold into a nucleus and it's centered with you know Shelton on the field and you you think about Ben Sherrington at the top looking down with that 10,000 foot view so you know you're going to see weird moves like you know there's some things you'll never be able to explain and if you ever coach in major leagues or in the minor leagues you're going to get fired period because that's the way it goes doesn't matter how good you are and I think we saw a couple of those things this year. I mean, Joey Cora, I mean, he, he maybe not the most incredible third base coach. He was always kind of tentative and then he was really aggressive, but the guy was an incredible infield coach. And I mean, I, I think the proof's in the pudding with, you know, Nolan Arenado, or excuse me, Nolan Arenado. <laughs> That's where my brain is right now. I mean, come on, Kevin Newman. But like he, yeah. you saw what his like kind of, resurrection was like he was okay defensively by his matrix he was bad and then he was just outstanding moran was really good last year josh bell was better so but he got fired 
You know, like it's just one of those things like you, you, you never know there's going to be moving, but it's all wrapped around that nucleus that they're trying to build for Shelton and the boys. So I was talking about uh, Nolan Arenado today with a kid when I was working with him, just saying how like hard nosed he is. And, you know, no matter what he wanted to be on the field. Did you also tell him that all of his numbers are inflated by course? <laughs> no. No, because <laughs> the guy the guy hit what thirty five homers this year in St. Louis. Yeah, so, he's yeah. he he held his own in St. Louis this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah for real. Yeah. yeah, but I think I think yeah. as he not bad was, for the second best third baseman in the NL Central. <laughs> we're we're not there yet. I'm, I'm a huge I'm a huge Key Bryan fan, but I'm a huge Aaron Arenado fan, and Key Bryan's close. Um, he has potential to be better. Um, maybe not for the extended period of time. That's only time will tell, but like, yeah, he's a special talent. I'm really intrigued by how he comes out with his bat this year um, with his approach more than anything. He was really letting the ball kind of get back deep on him. You know, he's that inside out approach mm -hmm. and he should be very similar to how Kutch used to hammer that ball, that right center gap with the heaters. And then those breaking balls are the ones that'll end up left field. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that comes out and see how much that wrist bothered him and whatnot. But, more importantly, I hope he's on the field every single game. Yeah, we, I think we can all agree with you. I think we can <laughs> yeah. all agree with you there. Yeah. Amen to that. Just go ahead and pencil in Hayes Reynolds and let's call it a day. We'll figure out the rest later. Don't forget Cruz. Guy's gonna be good. He I mean, we, he is. We actually the the last uh two guests. He's gonna be the best player you. on the team. Two guests before you. I mean, we we ran through the uh the projections and mm -hmm basically said he's a future hall of famer well i mean the dude, the, dude, the dude can hit the dude can yeah hit. yeah no doubt he's a hall of fame talent i mean he's yeah. got a long ways to go but yes he's he's a special special breed um they don't make those type of superhumans very often so i i will be very like interested to see what they do with like like his his ability to play shortstop if they throw in the right field you know because there is a need there and I could see that, you know, being a place he goes, he has a bazooka. Um, it would allow him to use that huge length, but also I see that the, the mentality of not wanting to try to fill Polanco out there because he's built huge height, kind of similar, you know, things. So we'll see. I, I think they think about all these things more than, you know, ever before in the system. What are your thoughts on, I mean, he, he got his two days in the majors, which was, I was really happy to see that happen. Like he deserved, he deserved it. Absolutely deserved mm -hmm. it. Um, typically pirates aren't really in the, uh, the business of handing out service time to mm -hmm. young players. So I don't know. What do you, I mean, just what are your thoughts? What are your, what are your guesses on the, what happens next year? I mean, I, I would think that he doesn't start in the majors, you know, that they give him some time in AAA and then he's maybe called up in a couple of weeks, but um, uh, what's kind of your, your feeling, your gut feeling there. Uh, I think service time doesn't matter anymore. Um, I, I think the Tampa Bay model has proven that you want your best players on the field and you want to maximize them while they're young. So I think, you know, I think he is going to be in the major leagues. Uh, I, I don't know where, like I like said, day you, one, day, day one. Yeah. Day one. He's because okay. you, you, you see, think they're going to eat a year of control though. For I, I think they're going to flip guys until they have the team they want. 
And I think they're going to try to sign guys in the minor leagues like Chicago did. I would use Chicago's model mixed with Tampa Bay is, is my best guess at what Ben Sherrington's trying to do is draft really well, nail the international um, signings, and then try to sign guys with elite talent really early, lock them in, but get the best players available to the major leagues as fast as possible. Because if nothing else, O'Neill Cruz, three years at 24, 25, whatever he'll be, not sure his age, that is still a lot of time. And he has a ton of value comparative to if you sell him six years in, two knee surgeries, and he's not quite the player he was. Yeah, you get a return, but not the same. That's that's the theory. You know, you may see some weird stuff happen. Like you look at what Tampa Bay, they, they literally traded Willie Adamas because they had a guy behind him that was even better. It worked out great for both parties, but they also traded their closer, their setup guy, and a middle of the order bat in the same year. And nobody even talked about it. Nobody thought about it. But that's what they do year in, year out. And they've won their division and their payroll is still down. And I think that's the cool part about baseball. You can always get really creative and do different things if you're doing things right from top to bottom. And this group is doing that. And they're putting better people in places. They're they're hiring kind of different roles that have never been you know, put in place in the Pittsburgh organization. So I think you're going to see completely different, you know, way they go about things. And I, I think you'll be very surprised, very similar to how Cruz got called up at the end of the year, but both those top prospects. So I think, well, first off, if I would lose my mind, if the Pirates had the Tampa Bay model, just because trading our best players over and over again, would just drive me nuts. Yeah, I know that's, why, win, that's why that's why that's why it would just drive it's me nuts. Be Chicago too because Ben Sherrington understands that and he's he wants to build sustainability and Tampa Bay at any moment could flip and and not have anything for the next four or five years they so also like, could be in Montreal yeah because they I think they I think they nixed the game yeah yeah I think they nixed that <laughs> yeah or in Nashville yeah, they did but they could be anywhere yeah. just because they have no fans yeah yeah um but on them calling the players up, I think you can probably speak more to it. I think it's a good thing culture-wise that you're rewarding these young guys for yeah playing so well in the minor leagues. You don't have an Andrew McCutcheon getting 700 AAA plate appearances. Correct. While he's just raking down there. Correct. You know, Ronzi comes up, gets to throw a game, three innings. Cruz gets two games. And so you're rewarding these guys at the end of the year. Yeah, and then they're not taken back when they show up that first day is a lot right you're, you're, you're dealing with the media you're getting uniform fitted you're doing all these things and then oh yeah you got to perform tonight and if you're a guy that wasn't on the roster you have to do scoreboard stuff you have to do all these things and I mean I remember when I got traded the Pirates they're like be there at 12 we played at seven I didn't stop except to barely eat and then I played in that game and then we're off to Houston and when you're in the major leagues you don't think about it but your body does think about it right you, you want to make sure these guys are healthy and they're moving forward so by doing that they have an idea of where their locker is you know what they're doing the guys know them the fans know them it's not just overwhelming they even know where the hotel is and they kind of have an idea where the you know downtown area is maybe where they like to eat different things it's a big deal I mean Colorado when I was a minor leaguer they had us come out during the winter and get to know the city they would take us to a Nuggets game they would take us to an Avalanche game and 
we would get to meet every personnel that worked at Coors Field. And they'd come down and talk to us, including the owners, the GM. And when I got called up, I knew everyone. And it, it was so cool. And it was like home. It wasn't overwhelming. It was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm back. This is awesome. Now I get to actually be on a field with fans. You know what you had as a rookie in Pittsburgh? Uh, two, somewhere around my weight, 220 something. It's 222. There you go. See? <laughs> I'm a little bit heavier. I know what you're right saying but... too. This is my party trick. I just memorized batting averages. Yeah. Say, if you don't remember, <laughs> Tyler does. Yeah. 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 You also had 233 your second year with 12 home runs. Thank you, sir. That was a good year. Yeah. I mean, I I I think the the game now would would suit maybe a guy like me a lot lot better because of the the way the numbers line up. You can walk and hit some homers and really not worry about your average. I mean who was a grand doll for what three fourths of the year was hitting 198 ended up, I think mm. close to 240. And all he did was hit doubles and homers and walk or struck out. I mean, it was literally he's amazing. Yeah. And he's an all-star. Yeah. <laughs> because he can yeah. receive and do some things. Can't throw, can't block anymore, but man, his value is just remarkable. I mean, it's not even close. It's the best catcher in baseball by far when it comes to an analytical value. It's just wild. So what you're saying is now with Stallings traded, you're, you're suiting up for the Pirates? Hey, I like Perez. I I, I don't – I love Stallings. I, I, I saw his nephew today at, at Stallings' old high school because I was working with their high school. Mm. And and I, I wish sure. he was there. Works with other high school teams. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I, 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 see, I see the move. I see what he was trying to do. And Perez, if he is anything – I mean, anything like he was, he's a great player. I mean, he's, he's shown pop from the right side. He's, he's a gold glover. He throws really, really well, blocks well, receives well. So, I mean, he does it all. So, like, you didn't downgrade as long as he stays healthy. He's on the field. You're just going to miss Stallings the way he can handle a staff. But you think about the staff Perez has had over the last couple of years in Cleveland. And, two, it gives a chance for one of your top prospects, um, the kid that was in uh, Bradenton last year, the catcher. Rodriguez. Yeah, Rodriguez. Um He's a Latin guy, and I, I love the idea of kind of molding that together and, 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 and getting that. And then also you have, you have a chance for, you know, the number one prospect in the Pirates organization is also a catcher to be able to work with somebody that's won a gold glove. It's, it, it, was a good, it was a good trade because we got a front line or a really good arm and, and, and maybe some maybes, and that's what they're trying to do. And I, I hate Stallings left, but I get it. We well, answered my like, question because that's what I was going to transition yeah. to about the trade because, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, we uh, we might differ know. in opinions. <laughs> it's a little unsettling to me, but uh, yeah, but I guess this is this, this bring it up. I mean, maybe talk yeah. just a little more in depth about that, you know, because I guess the way we perceived it was keeping Stallings, we know how good he was, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I know he wasn't the greatest hitter, but by no means was he a hole in that lineup, right? I mean, he could handle his own great defensively. So, you know, he's still under control. I know that the age is a factor and people point that out. You know, he's, he's old, he's old, let's trade him, trade him. But I look to it like the service level and this perceived like maybe potential window, right? So like with him being traded, I guess we all kind of looked at this as if like, well, it's kind of like the, the, the line in the sand. Like you're drawing it and saying that we're not really looking to truly compete this year, maybe not even next year. Like, do you look at it that way? Like, is this kind of like, that was like the white flag that we're, the Pirates aren't competing this year or next. 
when, or is this? I, I would have said yes, but then they then they went after Perez. I mean, there's no reason to pay a guy four or five million bucks who's an elite defender and has shown pop from the right side. And if he his best year in the major leagues, like was one of the best years a catcher had had in the last decade. So like, I mean, he was he was the best blocker, the best thrower, and he was one of the best receivers. And that that's unheard of. Stallings won the gold glove last year based on how well he blocked. He blocked way better than everyone on the planet. I mean, it was just not even close. But Perez, not that I don't love Stallings, but Perez is very good. And if he comes in healthy and ready to go, you're you're not you're not downgrading. Um, I don't want to say you're upgrading until he proves that fact, but Perez has shown more and he's 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 shown more like ability to play. 80 games in a row. Like, I mean, the guy played every day when, when he could, and I'm not worried about even Stallings age because he has double jointed knees and ankles and everything else. He's very, very, what is it? Pliable. Like he's got a lot of elasticity and that's amazing for a catcher. So I think he's a guy that can catch as long as he wants. Um, he's just got to keep his strength up. We've talked about that a lot. So I think Miami got a really good catcher. And I think the best way to utilize Stallings is to have a compliment. And I don't think, the pirates wanted to do that or they couldn't figure that out. So I think that's what they tried to do with Perez, but it didn't, it didn't work out the way they wanted to. So they're, they're doing this and then they have, they've, they have some really good catching depth now, which they didn't have. So I'll see who backs up Perez or compliments Perez and, you know, we'll go from there, but yeah, it surprised me when they signed him. I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you. Positive about the depth in the minor leagues with catchers is even if they can't stay there, it sounds like we're going to have a universal DH. And they've mm -hmm. gotten these catchers that seem like they have a stick with them. These aren't defensive specialists. So that's one, one of the positives I've seen out of Sherrington so far in that realm. Yeah, and you, you think about the roster makeup now. You know, you have a 26-man, so, you know, being able to carry an extra catcher is always a positive and if if he can go play left field or if he can play first base or DH, it just makes your team's value go up and it keeps those guys healthy. It keeps them, you know, able to perform at it maybe more elite level. Maybe they find that balance. Uh, I always felt better when I caught. So some guys are like that. And I think that balance is going to be really important. But you, you saw what Rodriguez did. He was, he was playing left field. He played some second base. He was all over the place. DH a lot. I think you're going to see that with a lot of these guys kind of moving around the diamond. You may even see, you know, what is it? Uh, Bubba, is that right? The, the two-way player. I think you're going to Bubba see Chandler. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to see more guys trying different things. I mean, when I was in Tampa, they were trying to get position guys to throw knuckleballs at instructs so they can build depth. So in games that are blowouts, they just save arms. And I think it's brilliant, right? If you have a guy that can go in and, you know, get some outs and not make the game last forever and you let your guys rest that day instead of, you know, throwing guys out there and either they get hurt or they get abused or overused, you know, there's always a way to maybe find that little, little baby enhancement that changes your entire year. And I think the Pirates are searching in every single sinkhole, crook, cranny, anywhere they can find a little bit more. You have to with, with, with the way, way it's set up and you know, their budget right now. But I think if they do a floor, I think the Pirates could be really good really fast because they have to spend a lot of money. 
Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, like I'm, I'm just I'm, teeing you guys so, up to see so what I'm, happens. So yeah, let me let's just talk about that here. So I'm I'm <laughs> just let the, it rip, uh, dude. <laughs> I, I got warmed up. I was on Rum Bunner the other day, and we we just yeah. went like on and on and on, and I was like, man, I'm just gonna be completely ready for these guys. Just see what happens. My line of thinking here is just. I think it's an abomination what the Pirates payroll has been the past couple of years and what it looks like it's going to be next year. Um, I don't think you used abomination before. I think there were a few more swear words. Yeah, I'll say <laughs> abomination. But um, I mean, you so just what's, look what's, at your, the, what's your solution? So like I, I, have, I, have, yeah. I have my thoughts, but I'd love to hear your all's thoughts as fans and, and guys that, you know, grew up watching, you know, the Pirates and, and, and have seen the worst of the worst. I've seen yeah. it kind of climb back and what's your thoughts? So, like, so I am also super anti, like, I don't want a cap system. I don't want a floor. I, I want baseball to stay the same and that teams can like, if the Dodgers want to go out and give somebody $50 million, the Dodgers should be able to go out and pay that mm-hmm. person $50 million. Right. Um, but I also feel like there are teams who are, <clears throat> abusing the system mainly you know baltimore pittsburgh those two mostly but we'll talk hey, about some hey, other ones so <laughs> tampa's doing a good job too but they're winning um yeah um but my thoughts are you have to incentivize winning more and you have to decentivize losing Correct. Um, I, I think the big problem right now is there's just too many teams who just don't even bother to try to compete. They don't even try. It's not, it's not even like, it's not even in their vocabulary that they're, that they're looking to win um, at, at this year. And, and that's a problem because what that does then is those fan bases just completely get decimated. You know, just, just looking at pirates fans that we've, we've got, we've got a passionate bunch of fans who really want our team to do well, but there's also a lot of apathy that has set in over the last few years. Uh, and a lot of that is just because this team has bottomed out payroll uh, and they, they refuse to, to do anything that like energizes the fan base. Right. Um, so I think the big problem here is tanking. I don't like tanking. Um, I, I do think that like, like the worst team in baseball should be rewarded with the number one pick. I get that. But I do have an issue with it being like year after year after year. Like you shouldn't be stringing in, stringing together three straight seasons where you're like a bottom three team in baseball. Um, so like if, if I were in charge for a day, that would be my thing. Like you can't go three years with a top five draft pick. If in that third year, you're the 26th worst team in baseball, guess what? You lose your draft pick. You don't get it. Um, so what that's going to do is it's teams are going to be like, Oh shit, I don't want to lose this draft pick. Those are valuable. And they're going to actually try to win that third year. Um, as opposed to tanking for another year. Um, so that's, that's what I would do. I think you just have to make it so that teams aren't penalized for being bad. Like you should, you should be penalized for being bad. There should be more of a reward for being good, which then that brings me to the whole expanded playoffs, which we'll get to later. Um, don't, don't spoil that yet, (laughs) but that's, that's my thing. I mean, you should, you need to be, you need to be penalized for being bad. 
So I, I, I like the idea of if they don't do a floor, I think they should penalize, like you have that revenue sharing. So like next year, the pirates are going to get a huge check before the season even starts right from AT&T of almost 50 million bucks. And then they're going to get another check from, you know, the, the Boston Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, not sure exactly where it is probably in the $30 million range. Right. So that's what almost $80 million before the gates open. So at the end of the day, I think that they should have to, at some point, save that money. The stock market's been good, except these last couple of weeks. My man down there on the right knows that. So they could invest <laughs> these things, create more money, and then when it's right for the picking, they dump. And then they, they'll have $150, $170 million waiting to spend really fast, and they can go, and that would create more sustainability but they have to be penalized like you said and pay back revenue sharing if they don't win a certain i don't know what that would look like they could do enough studies and there's enough numbers to show like you know it's not okay the durham bulls had more fans than the pittsburgh pirates last year it's not okay Mm -hmm. right that's not a good look it's not a good anything but the durham bulls who i got to play for in 17 we won the national championship they've won it like five times over the last 10 years and they get 10,000 people plus a night, every night, all the time. So does Charlotte, because they win. And winning is, is one formula, but understanding what they're trying to do, and that's one thing I, I've begged and begged and begged to cover better, is let's let the fans know what's happening, because it's getting closer and closer and closer, and it's going to go fast. Not like it has in the past, but everybody doesn't know that because they're not sharing that. And if they would share it, that excitement would raise faster because they would see the, the, the guys coming up that are just so talented. And you're going to see a little bit of that in spring training, hopefully with, with how talented that spring training non-roster is going to be. I mean, it's going to be flames coming out of that. You're going to see hundred pretty consistently. You're going to see power. You're going to see guys running. It's just going to be a lot of really good athletes on the field. And a lot of them aren't going to be as raw as you would expect a minor leaguer to be because these guys are more refined at a younger age than they've ever been because of the ability to train differently. So that's my thought. I, I just wish mm-hmm. if you're going to, if you're going to hold back, Tampa should get rewarded, right? If they have a $60 million payroll or $50 million payroll and they keep winning, good for them. Kudos. Keep your money. You're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's the other way around three years in, you're not winning and they know how much money they're spending. We don't, right? The players don't, but MLB knows. They should try to, you know, push that envelope a little bit. They, they're still going to make their money. It's still going to be okay, you know, but it'll, it'll push the envelope to have, you know, people really, you know, have to do something. And that's going to make the fan base, like, move because the times of, oh, we, we redid this, we redid that. Well, the Dodgers did it times 12. So you can't compete with all of that money plus the free agent money plus the development money plus the MIT and Harvard grads that come in and have a whole analytical department in their old locker room. That's just that that's unreal. So it's it's hard to fathom the balance there, but there is one, you know. I don't like Mike's ideas more than Jim's. I kind of like the idea of just if you're bad for so long, you're only getting a small portion of revenue sharing. Let's just cut it. 
Yeah, they, they, they should just way. That owe yeah. her way worse than losing a draft pick. Yeah, and I think they should be able to trade draft picks. And what they did, Kumo Rucker is a joke. Mm-hmm. He, he had he had a bad MRI, and, and they took two million dollars out of his pocket. That guy should become a free agent. That that's that is Major League Baseball's fault. And I hope the union fixes that problem because Kumar Rocker should be with somebody, and the Pirates could have swooped him up in a heartbeat. Free agent, here we go, right? Like, right. Give him give him eight million bucks, and say especially because he's going to go play for an independent league. Yeah, and like, that's he, not okay. He should either. be agreed under a major league staff on major league training, and if there is something wrong, it can get taken care of. Yeah, like instead I, of whatever yeah. happens, happens. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with uh, Luke Kochaver, and you know he, he held out, went and played independent ball. And if you ask him, like, he hated it. Like he wanted to sign, but like it was a cat and mouse game, and there was a number on the table, and it was very cut and dry, and it never came about. And he waited, and then he was first pick overall. But I, I think a guy like Kumar Rocker with his national status, you got to have him in the game because he's going to be in the big leagues in a year or two. And now, what if he gets hurt and independent ball, and we don't get to see him? It's just, it's just that shouldn't happen, and that's an advantage the Pirates could could grab a hold of. And if they started trading first round picks, I think that'd be awesome. But the NBA Pirates with the ninth pick in the first round, that'd be sick. And with the, yeah. with the pick comes the draft slot money too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Jeez, could absolutely. you imagine last year if they like with what they did, and they also like traded and got a number one pick? Yeah, they, else they would have gotten five first round Jesus. picks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's that that's the cool part about you know how they stacked the draft over the last two years because it, it made the draft really strong up front. And it's gonna be like that in years years to come because the draft pool is a lot smaller and it's gonna be a lot different. So it's 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 a different game right now. And and I hope they make some really cool things that because for fans that has to be cool, right? Like Dude, we just got three first round picks from the Dodgers. Sweet. Like two two regular first round picks in the supplemental. You know, plus the money. I mean, they do that with the international pool money. Why not? Right. Not yeah, I, I yes and no. I feel like there's probably a good amount of fans right now that don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, but that also comes part yeah. to like what you're saying, the transparency yeah. and you know, telling the fans what's going on and such. But um, but you're right. I mean, that would be kind of exciting for the teams that are looking to retool, not so much tank, right, to Jim's point. Um, so so what I want to ask you then is because I think you're 100% correct. You know, that's that's kind of been what you're hearing around everywhere, um, you know, with the Pirates and, like, their transparency. And, of course, I feel like every GM has GM talk. Like, they don't really give you too much as it is, right? So you're on the show. I'm not going to put too much pressure on you, but maybe you like, what do you tell us? Maybe your thoughts, like how close do you think this team really is to not just being even like just competitive, like watchable baseball, but like being a true, maybe contender in this division that I think we all recognize it's looking to be kind of weak. Yeah. I mean, they're probably a year, year away from making some really, really big, exciting things happen to where like, you know, you may actually see them, you know, really fight to win the division. You may see them, you know, fight to, you know, at least win a wild card. And I'm, I'm a person with how much talent they have at the upper minor leagues and how these guys seem to really care for each other and, and want it. I'm not going to put it past them from this point forward because they have too much ability and too much talent. And they've had a chance over the last two years to 
kind of rework guys. Like you're, you're going to see guys really take, like, I think Crow's going to have a huge year. He, he got a chance and they, they believed in him and it made it maybe as a starter. And if it's in the bullpen, he's going to be an elite bullpen guy because he can throw like 98 with a bowling ball and he doesn't have to worry about trying to finagle all of his pitches. He always had two good pitches every start he had, and he was trying too hard to use all four of them. And I think if they minimize that, he's going to be a lead bullpen guy. If not, and they give him a chance in the starting rotation, he wins out. I think he's a guy with, with really good stuff. His numbers analytically are just really, really good. JT Brubaker is going to have a really good year compared to last year, as long as he doesn't overthink things. And these guys are going to take a huge step forward. And then you think the talent behind them and what they've traded for and how they can kind of flip that. I mean, there's a reason they got rid of Colin Moran. And, and I think Mason Martin has a chance if he puts things together, how they snuck him and Mitchell underneath the freeze, right? Like the, Mitchell is gone. Mitchell is going to get rule five picked. He's going to be somewhere else. And we probably are never going to see him again. Now he's still in the, you know, the, <laughs> he's still here. He's probably going to be in the big leagues this year. And he's a guy that kind of flipped his career around like that because he got more information from the, the organization and he really bought in, believed it, understood it and used it to leverage his career. And guys are understanding that better. And they're, they're doing a really good job of being very transparent before they weren't very transparent. Now they are within the system. And I hope with COVID hopefully being out, you know, we'll have more access and we can be more, you know, open with the fans and let them know what's going on. So like, Hey, this guy's, absolutely raking his numbers aren't good but like he's about to go bonkers and then he comes up to the big leagues and he goes bonkers because you can see the trends coming but the fans don't get to know that they don't get to see what he's working on or why he's working on it and that needs to happen because that's going to show what type of you know team this team could be really really fast did i miss isn't the rule five draft still going to happen the minor league rule five drafts i I don't Major League Rule Five draft, maybe maybe down the road, but they could they could finagle the roster and flip it by the time. I I, I haven't I haven't read on, up on that, but like I thought it was kind of That's brilliant. Fair. Yeah, like it, it just gave him a chance to hold on a little bit longer and decide what he really wanted to do. Because he I'm didn't curious have how to that actually him. ends up working out with me too. You know, is the is Major League gonna make you stick with whatever you originally planned or? what's yes. going to happen with that rule five draft because i think we've all talked about yeah. it we're not big mason martin believers i'm more intrigued by cal mitchell yeah mason um, martin's very intriguing to me because he's an elite first baseman so he has a chance to be as good defensively as a paul goldschmidt so or a freddie freeman that's that's throughout the league and then the minor leagues that he's one of the best minor league first basemen defensively so i look at i look at it kind of whole picture all he has to do is like find a way to put the ball in play a little bit more. And he already has elite power. So you have two elite skills that we don't have right out of the gate. So that's why I like him. He's not a guy you have to protect because there's a lot of power hitting first baseman, you know, guys, they, they would, they'll deal with it. And especially with the DH, you know, he, he, it brings in, you know, where they could have two power bats. But this guy actually plays really, really good defense. Truthfully, I would. I don't like a truck. I don't see Mason Martin getting picked. No, he won't. My opinion. Yeah, that's not a good. You can't hide him. No, there's no way you can hide him. Yep. He's gonna strike out 
beyond Javi Baez as a rookie numbers. He's just, he's not even close to ready. Yeah. I mean, but I've also think about Matt holiday. Um, He put up very average minor league numbers and he got to the big leagues. The lights are better. The information's better. The understanding's better. And they believed in him. And if they bring up Mason Martin, he's kind of been pushed to the side and he led the minor leagues in homers and he's hit 20 to 30 homers every year. I mean, what else does he have to do? Plus he's won a gold glove in the minor leagues. It's got to be a kick in the absolute cojones for him because he's one of the best minor league first basemen, period. And he hasn't had a chance and he's watching guys ahead of him that are good, but not great players. So I, I hope he has a chip on his shoulder. I hope he has something to prove and he comes up and just does his thing. Maybe it's not elite all the way around, but if it turns into something, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to pay for those type of guys. I hear you, but there's just nobody that has struck out at his rate in the minor leagues that succeeded really other than maybe a hobby Baez. Yeah. And Joey Gallo. Yeah. Yeah. Like but those gotta, are the two he's guys. Gotta, that, he's got to walk. Yeah. He's got to walk to produce that. runs. Yep. But he is intriguing. Let's just jump into that expanded player of the golf talk, boys. Yeah. (laughs) Because I got my opinions. No, I agree with you, though. I I agree with you on, I agree with both you on Martin, though. I I think uh, it was a good idea not protecting him because I don't think he gets picked, but I do like Cal Mitchell a lot. And so if the rule five does happen in the capacity that like it's currently set up at, I am, I am very worried that Cal Cal Mitchell gets picked because I think he's, he's somebody who would get picked. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I, I, I think there's a lot of speculation there, but nothing really set in stone yet. Agreed. All right, so let's do it. The moment we've been Mike, what do you think about, about right? expanded playoffs? I love it. I mean, I think it's good for the fans. I think it's good for the game. And love them. I mean, I I get it. I, I get it on both sides. So I get it that like more games more this more that that's why like i think you can give up some during the season and then figure out a way to do some you know expansion type games do some fun stuff play in some different cities make the the, another game at the field of dreams like give guys breaks throughout the season that's when they need it you hit in a whole nother like realm of being when you go to the playoffs and then and these guys will be fine and they love it and they get extra cheese right they they want money they're going to get more money if they're playing the playoffs so i think it's good for the game i think the way the game's been with you know like you were talking about teams not putting out as good a product as they can well if you have two teams in a division right that they're not playing the same type of like competition throughout the year you know if 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 you're in a in a division where the detroit tigers are losing 100 games and then you have Another team like the Twins losing 100 games, you're in that division, you win the division, but the Pirates won 100 games and they're second in their division and they're a wild card. It's, it's just tough. Like, it, it, I think the best teams should be in the playoffs and I think they should expand them. I hope they do a three game. I'd like, I'd love a playoff or a play in game and then a, a three game wild card and then go, go after that. that. That would be nice to see. And I think if you can kind of go market to market, it'd be even better. So, like, if the Pirates, match up with the San Diego Padres that is good for the San Diego Padres that is good for the Pirates because that market can overlap a lot better because we only play them eight times max you know in a year so 
everybody wants to see Tatis Jr. and everybody deserves to see that guy. So it's just going to be good for the game, in my opinion. But I get, I get the argument. I get the, I understand it. They can find a balance, and I hope they do. I think the one thing you will never see, and this is this is kind of my issue with it, and and I get the part like, I would love to be in a playoff race longer, right? Than 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 what we have been the past few years and that that may happen with an expanded playoff but then you, i i really don't think we'll ever see a shorter regular season i just that's that it'll be too many dollars that are lost just to they're gonna have to play the game for right dollars yep so like the, the 162 games i don't think that's going away and and i think you know if we if we expand playoffs then really all we're doing is we're going back to rewarding more mediocrity because there's really not too many teams where at the end of the regular season, you're like, man, they deserve to play in October and they didn't like, it, it doesn't really happen now anymore, especially with the, with the, the extra wild card. Now I would be totally fine with instead of there being like a one game wild card, like I make it, make it a three game. Right. Although the one game wild card was just like the most electric atmosphere okay. I've ever been a part of. Um, I just, you know, it, it's, it's a little silly to like play 162 games and then be like, all right, guys, this one game decides it all. Right. It, it, silly. That's silly. Um, but I, I, like I said, if you start letting in more and more teams, then you're just, you're going to get to the point where you've got an 80 and 82 team who's getting into the playoffs. And then you're just gonna, it, it's just going to reward these teams again who are just, they're, they're okay. There's no incentive to be great. So like, what's the point in even trying? Because you've got a shot at making the playoffs just being mediocre. Um, and then I also think it like it's, it hurts the really good teams. Like the really good teams just played 162 games and showed you that they were really, really good. And now you're gonna, you're gonna make them go and beat this mediocre team who it's baseball anything can happen like at any day in any day right the worst team in baseball wins a third of their games right um so like i i kind of just think you you need to reward the good teams don't reward the mediocrity and that's what you're doing if you're expanding playoffs (laughs) i mean i i i I get that i get that side too it's 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 like a it's a in my opinion it's a win-win, but it, the only thing that matters is, is, is what the fan, like ultimately what the fans want. And, you know, you, you look at how the playoffs were this year, they were fun. It, it was a blast. Atlanta fought their way in without one of their, maybe their best player. Mm, yeah. And, you know, that was only possible because, you know, they, they, they fought to the very end. So like, you'd hate that too. Like say LA is right on the, cuss but then they get three guys back and they end up winning the world series the best team did win but they had three months without their best players it's just like i i get all sides of it and and like you said that 162 is pretty much going to be a staple because the players are going to play 142 and they want that money they want the, they want this 162 money so like they they, they got to figure out something and I, I think if they got creative it'd work and they could do a little bit of both all right, like Mike, let me just to... give you a fan's perspective, a real one. <laughs> okay. I am a Pirates fan. 
I want the Pirates to play meaningful baseball games. Mm-hmm. If it takes an expanded playoffs for me to get there, that's what I want. Damn it all the hell. I don't care about the rest of the league. I don't <laughs> care if the Dodgers' feelings are hurt because they won 102 games and they felt like they were the best team in baseball and they got knocked off by an 80 and 82 team. I do not care. I want to be able to turn the TV on in August and watch my team play some meaningful baseball games. And I feel like a lot of baseball fans feel that way. Let me watch some more meaningful baseball. Yep. I could agree with that sentiment. Yeah. That's the thing is like, this is one of those things that like, I won't be mad either way. Like, um, right. I'm, I'm, I'm a purist at heart. Like I, I, I tore my labor when I got hit at the plate, but I don't want plays at the plate not to be able to get banged up. I like guys breaking up double plays, but they change it. I get it, but I'm, I'm a purist. I love the grit and the grind of, of a game. So, you know, I want to be as much new age as I do. What's really in my heart of like that gritty, grindy, eat dirt mentality baseball. So, yeah, I want to be able to throw it guys. And then I want to be able to charge them out. I'm I'm all I'm all for a penalty box. Power play in baseball would be outstanding. Just saying, that's where those twenty that that's where those twenty games can come in. It's like, hey, we're gonna introduce the power play, <laughs> right? You throw out a guy and you you instigate it. The umpire says, hey, that's 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 ten minutes because it couldn't be two minutes. It wouldn't. It'd be one maybe one at bat maybe. So like it's ten minutes. Could you imagine? You got the middle of the lineup up. You have no. Body in the outfield, you have a, a right fielder, left fielder, centers wide open. That'd be that'd just be fantastic. How many times did you give the middle finger sign in your day? Uh, never. They they knew they knew they way just before, knew. They, knew, they knew. Yeah, they knew way way before sign. Anybody that gave that sign, it was for show. If it ever happened, we had a plan, and I probably caught a curveball or something. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we, we weren't throwing at you. I called it <laughs> hypothetically. Yeah, he literally no, threw a heater. I don't happened. know what was into never it. Happened. No, I, right. Yeah, like with with all the cameras and everything else, you you tried to be safe with it. So I usually didn't hit the guy they asked me to, though. I will say that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I always hit the best guy that we should hit, like the guy that could do damage to us, the guy that like doesn't run well the guy you know like not just because it's two outs and this thing i hit like i mean if if, if vado is hotter than fire i'm hitting vado like i'm not wasting my time hitting phillips because he was the right guy to hit and they thought he was the right guy or he's the guy that you know chirped or whatever i'm, I'm hitting vado like i'm gonna hit the guy that is going to give us the best chance to win and prove a point period and i've, I've i i'll live and die by that like i've never understood it and Vado mm-hmm. would take it. I never hit Vado. I'm just using him as an example. I, say, I like how the hypo- I like sure. how the hypothetical advance example uh-huh. was a Cincinnati Red because well, yeah, you I know mean, there was there was I was never... catching when Hughes Hughes went <laughs> over to him and bumped him. Yeah, like I yeah, I get it. Yeah. There were there were never hit any hit by a pitch issues with the Cincinnati Red. No, no 90, 99 it, never hit touch in the neck either. No, no. yeah. Just slipped. Yeah. Never that had any was, issues then, that, never now, dude, never in the future. still the most yeah. badass reaction I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, it's been really- hit by 102 up high, just throwing your bat and walking the first base. Yeah, he's tough. He's tough. Good friend. Tough it's guy. Just giving a side eye. Yeah. It's been, 
only thing that could have been cooler if you just caught it. I mean, just saying. <laughs> that would have been bad. <laughs> and you also never buster posied it. And what just stood mean? up. Well, fight. What was it? It was uh, Bryce Harper going at uh, Hunter Strick. Oh. Buster Posey just stood up. Do, do, and but watched. if you know, yeah. But <laughs> I've, I've had guys, like I've broken up a fight. And afterwards, I found out he was a black belt. And he said, hey, just let him come. So just saying, I was in the Pirates organization when Strickland was there. He's not a little dude. And I'm pretty sure, like, he would want that fight. He's a country boy. So he probably wanted Harper to come that way. And Buster Posey probably knew that. And so. Posey stood up like. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he didn't want any, like, he, he's, he's a great guy. And he didn't, he didn't want to probably get involved and he wanted to get hurt. But I guarantee you Hunter Strickland wanted it. Like, come on. Come on, big daddy. Like, it's like, uh, was it Far- Farnsworth? Remember? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he literally speared the guy and threw him on the ground like his WWE. Like I caught him in, in the minor leagues and I, I would have never dreamed anybody would run at him. His legs were like this big, like just giant ham hocks. Yeah. That, that kind of reminds me of the, uh, the Arizona fall league fight this year with Kanan Smith and Jigbo. Oh, that was, man. That was just, crazy. You just never see that stuff in, in something like a like a fall league like that. It was it was crazy. Yeah, that's when it's the best. Like some of the like like overseas and winter ball, some of those fights. If you ever seen any in Mexico, man, that it's like a prison fight. That they, they no holds bar. Like you, you may see an umpire get punched, a fan get punched, no holds bar. And it takes a while to break up. So yeah, yeah they, they do it right down there. <laughs> you didn't play with Doug Mankiewicz, did you? Uh-uh. I did not. He was in that when he was coaching the minor leagues. He got in a fight with the other minor league coach. <laughs> uh, yeah, minor I mean, leagues just sound like a fun time. They they are fun. I mean, it, it's it's changed a lot, but yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. I mean, you you really get to know your teammates and and some of the memories you have. You have to really enjoy the process because some of my favorite memories in pro ball. Are, are in the Meyer leagues and I got to play them almost all winning teams. So that was another, another positive in the minor leagues, but um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And there's so many guys that I played against that never made it to the big leagues that were so good. And I just wonder like what happened or, you know, what was different? Did they not have the mentality Did they not have the, the, the fortitude who knows, but it, it's crazy because you see such elite talent and they never, never make it. Yeah, you have to be pretty good just to to even make it to the minor leagues. I mean, I know, I know everybody who I've ever played baseball with, who played minor league baseball, was by far the best player on the team when when I was playing. And uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. You like think of like the best player on my high school t- high school team, like flamed out and low A ball. And it's like then you kind of realize like just how good how good these guys are. Right. Yeah. It just never. It yeah. just never stops. It just and especially now like. They just keep growing, keep getting better. And if you're not doing all the X's and O's and and almost using yourself as like a business, like you have to you have to treat yourself like you're you're a brand and your business, you're pouring in everything possible to to be elite. Or you're not gonna especially, make it. Especially when it comes to pitching though. Like the velocity training, drive line, everything that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. You have it's to it's wild. that it's such a young age at this point. And then not to mention just the genetics that you have to have. Cause there are guys that they can follow that their entire life. 
they're still topping out at 91. And if you're right-handed, that's not getting you anywhere. Nope, not unless you're Adam Wainwright and you just you can hit a gnat in a teacup. So, well, yeah, it's it's a different game. I mean, it really is. Like the 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 training and everything. I've gotten really into that over the last couple of years, and I mean, it's it's wild. Like even the stuff I do with guys, even today, I I didn't do two years ago. I mean, it's always evolving. It's always moving, and you're, and you're trying to adapt to that individual on a, on a given basis. So, so Tyler's up the T. I'm going to hit it. So we're talking about driveline. We're talking about all this, right, and developing and such. Mm-hmm. I guess with, you know, there's not a whole lot of baseball going on. Right now in Pirates Nation, it seems as if the talk of the town is Mitch Keller, mm-hmm. right? He's maxing out. He's hitting that velocity. What, I mean, of course, just where you're ga- like gathering, I guess, from the, you know, the videos or such. But, like, what's your take on Mitch Keller? What are you, what are you liking from this and this uh, added velocity? It seems like he's gone. I- I'm glad. I was so happy to see. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey friends, are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. 
See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.